Hi everyone, welcome to HubShot's episode 171. In this episode, we talk about workflow go actions and the pain of HubSpot quarantine. You're listening to Asia Pacific's number one HubSpot focused podcast, where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks and features and strategies for growing your marketing and sales results. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found and with me is Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? Oh, look, really good. And you know what I'm looking forward to? I'm looking forward to some of that plant-based KFC. Did you see this <laughs> news come out recently? What is this about? That's our inbound thought of the week. Well, I'll get to why it's our inbound thought of the week. But yeah, so KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken. By the way, they've been using fried fried a fair bit lately. I don't, anyway, the health, I guess, problems have gone away. But anyway, Beyond Meat has gone huge and everyone's offering vegan and vegetarian options now. So KFC, they're going to have vegetarian chicken based on Beyond Meat. Anyway, I just thought, uh, what better way to start a show than talk about KFC, you know. But this is marketing, right? And why I'm bringing this around, I'm going to tenuously try and relate this back to marketing. But how things have changed. First, the word fried. I saw an ad for them the other day and it said fried gold. Like they're just, it's almost front and center fried. So that's changed. So it just shows how marketing has changed there. Someone said, oh, let's just embrace this, you know. And also the whole Beyond Meat craze, like everyone, and there's a whole list of these companies rushing to put Beyond Meat in there. So just this kind of branding that Beyond Meat has got and the marketing behind it, everyone's jumping on board. So really interesting times. Yeah, that's right. And you even look at the packaging, it looks really green. And I thought that was rather interesting. I mean, I guess what next? Oh, by the way, I learned a new word. Uh, well, you taught me a new word today. Okay, the word is flexitarian. Had you heard this word of, before? No, I had not. Oh, apparently it's been around since the 90s. I didn't know this, but flexitarian, it's a combination between flexible and vegetarian. And it's basically people that are kind of more trying to avoid eating meat and more plant-based diet, but they're flexible about it. So yeah, anyway, there you go. Word of the week. We should have a shot at word of the week anyway. All right. Now, Craig, we have got the Hugcast coming in September 2019. The Hugcast. What is the Hugcast? So, this is the Sydney HubSpot user group and it's on the 25th of September. And at this event, we will be recording the podcast on how to start and record a podcast. It's very meta. So, folks, oh, by the way, we're, we're recording this on the 27th of August, just before Inbound. You're going to Inbound, aren't you, Ian? Yep, flying out. So, um, by the time listeners you hear this, he'll be back and uh, we'll have heard about all the goodness that's been announced at Inbound. So, when we have our HubSpot user group in late September, it'll actually be a bit of a recap of Inbound. And you know what we're doing different this time? It's not just going to be a, a trotting out of the news because I think HubSpot does a pretty good job of pushing that out. But it's actually going to be a panel, which hour we are going to be recording as part of a podcast, a panel talking about how to apply all the new releases and features into your marketing. So it's not just about, oh, here's this new feature. It's like, here's how we can apply it. So it's going to be a great user group event, I think. That's right. And I wonder whether they've done one of those anywhere else in the world. Okay, Craig, on to our HubSpot marketing feature of the week. And this is about workflow branch joins. Right. So, you know, one of the big problems with HubSpot, I'm going to say problem, HubSpot workflows, is that you can't join branches. So, you branch and then they each have their own path. You can't bring them back together. So, we're almost there. HubSpot have released the Go action. And it's quite nice, actually, because it's more powerful than just joining a branch at the end where, you know, we've used ActiveCampaign and others, which do a good job of joining branches at the end. But it's a go action, so you can push it off to another event. Now, they've only got it in company 
deal and ticket workflows. It's not in contact workflows yet, but I'm assuming that's coming soon. So looking forward to that. And we're going to link in the show notes, plus a screenshot, just of an um, example we've got in place. Now, Craig, why would anyone care about this Go action and joining? So do you use branching much in workflows? Yes. Right. So I tend to avoid it. I avoid huh. using branches. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. Because I don't like having all these branches heading off and then I can't pull them together because you often get a lot of these repeated actions. actions. So yes. uh, branches, then you, you'll almost see like 90% of each branch is the same. It's just for a few. And that's often because those things come after the initial action that happens after a branch. So you really want to be able to bring it back so you can kind of say branch, do this or that then bring them back so they're on a common thread. Now, we tend to use child workflows for that. Yes, which I think is what I did one of these massive workflows for a customer. And I was showing it to you the other day and you said, oh, I think we need to split that up and pull out some of that into a child workflow, which I did. So that actually worked really well. And I think it's a, it's a good philosophy. Well, it's really good, but this go action is going to... going to change things. Again, I mean, we can avoid doing that. So I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, so It is actually very good. Now that I'm thinking about it contextually in, uh, in one of my things that I've done for a customer, I think this is excellent. All right. Now, Craig, we spoke about an influenced revenue report a while back. And we're just going to touch back on this again. Well, this is a really good thing. And by the way, thanks, Justin, for this guy, the extra. Um, he alerted us or reminded us of the uh, Influenced Revenue Report. Now, I'm not actually sure if I did know about this Influenced Revenue. Well, certainly not in my own uh, portal. Had you actually used this report before? No, I haven't. I didn't, but now I do after having this discussion. I went last week and implemented it in a couple of portals where we've got data. So you obviously need deal data in there to make this happen. So be aware of that. If you don't have deal data, you're not going to see anything on there. And you find this report under reports, analytics, tools, campaign analytics, and then you've got to make sure you choose the influence contacts by revenue. Well, actually there's an influence contacts and an influence Mm -hmm. revenue. Correct. And they're both actually quite good. Now there is a little bit of a, well, it's not really a gotcha, but you just got to remember that there can be double ups because if something is coming through, our deal has come through multiple, say, campaigns. They both get counted, but it's influenced revenue. So it's where these campaigns have influenced revenue. So it's really, it's actually exactly how you'd expect. All right, on to HubSpot's sales feature of the week. Now, Craig, I wanted to highlight this because lead scoring, and we've spoken about this a few times, people tend to get confused. Now, and if you have a marketing enterprise, you will have predictive lead scoring, which works on data that's within the system and from the machine learning and artificial intelligence that's going on. But if you don't have marketing enterprise and you've just got marketing professional, there is this lead scoring ability, but it's a manual ability. So you've actually got to set up what score to give certain aspects of behavior or maybe certain um, fields of data that you're collecting. And I wanted to highlight, this is a one minute 45 video from HubSpot Academy about how to use lead scoring in HubSpot. And I think it's a good and simple reminder about setting this up in your portal. As a start, it doesn't have to be perfect, but at least get used to setting something up. You could even use this really simple things like one of the examples they use is that in the position field, it's vice, like they're looking for vice president or vice or, or VC president. So one of the criteria is like, I want to give it 10 points if you see this in the position field. So it's just really simple, but I want you to have a look at the video 
and go and set that up. That's the action from this. And just one question. Should they be watching this video with the sound on or off, Ian? Well, Craig, what can I say? I would recommend sound off. Okay, listeners, uh, a big, uh, yeah, a special bonus there if you listen with that, with the sound on. My goodness. All right, Craig, on to our Husband Gotcha of the Week. And you know what's got me? There ain't no releases. Where's the, where's all the product releases? And I guess everyone's saying, oh, we're holding those for inbound. So, yeah, it's been a pretty lean month in the product releases, I guess. Yeah. Really looking forward to what gets announced next week. That's right. I'm sure you'll be able to watch it live on HubSpot.com. Or if you listen to this episode after, you probably go to HubSpot.com slash new will be the new product releases. That's it. All right, Craig, on to our marketing tip of the week, using a smart content. Look, we've started talking about this lately, but this is just a blog post on considerations around smart content. Worth going through. They give kind of five points around how to think about smart content, things to consider before you jump into it. Well worth a read. So let's just pull one thing out of there, Craig. So I think this is a good one. Determine who you're creating smart content for. That's a really good one. And then determine where you want to add smart content and then determine what you should be your default content. So I'll give you an example. We use smart call to actions based on certain behaviors. Maybe people belong to certain lists. Maybe they've downloaded certain offers and now they need to be moved along onto the next offer. So this is a really simple way we use smart CTAs to actually deliver that to people in a manner that's efficient. Yeah, look, I think the thing with smart content is you do have to think about it carefully, especially if it's actual content within a page as opposed to, say, a form or a CTA, because you can often get yourself into overcomplexity in areas if you haven't thought about it. Getting the default content right is important. But yeah, I've seen people like, oh, smart content, they lose track of it, or they try and do multiple smart content items on a page and it all gets out of hand. So yeah, this is just a good reminder to plan it out and think about how it's done. All right. On to our insight of the week, Craig. Now, there are Google ads and then there are more ads. Actually, this should just be a lull of the week. So, this is linked through to Twitter and someone's done a screenshot where they've typed in a search term and basically the Google result has had a bunch of ads and it's got another section called more ads. And it's like, you know, it's it's breaking out the categories or the, the <laughs> sections of ads. Sorry. I don't know. I, when I, I tried to reproduce it, it's like, have they doctored this? Have they made this? Oh, I don't know. It's pretty funny though, but it's true. That's the way Google's becoming. Now, just to, I just want to take a little step back. I've been reviewing a lot of ad accounts lately and Google's releasing new updates and features all the time. And obviously you can test new things, right? What you tend to find is all these new features take up more space in the ad. So, you know, you could, I was, I think I was talking to a customer the other day. I think if you used all the features that were available in, in the Google ad tool, you could pretty much take up the entire mobile screen almost. It's kind of funny. Do you remember the onion years ago when they were, you know, how uh, men's shavers? You yes. Know, mine's, mine's the got, Dollar Shave Club? Well, yeah, but, you know, they're like, mine's got two blades. And it was, <laughs> oh, mine's got three blades. No, mine's got four blades. And then the onion did this joke article. I think, I forget how many. It was like, mine's got five or seven blades or something. It's like, just like this huge, you know, it's kind of like <laughs> over top. And Gillette have actually come down and like, it's they're like. They're down to seven, I think. Yeah. I, <laughs> it just um, uh, cracks me up. Anyway, it's kind of like Google ads are doing the same. It's like, well, you can have your nice two line ad. No, no, we're adding a third line. Oh, no, four. You've got five. Oh, and there's ad extensions. You've got six. Mine's got seven lines of ad. These ads are just a huge thing. It's almost like your entire phone's taken up with one ad and then you just scroll through the ads. There is because like, you, can have a, you can have a site link extension. You can have a call extension. You can have a message extension. 
you can have price extensions. They're really good because they you kind of like a, get a scrolling carousel of pricing. When I use these for customers, it's really impressive the amount of space you can take up. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of um, just a bit of a joke aside. On to the actual insight of the week. And this is around Seth Godin. Have you, do you follow him on Instagram? I do, but I don't look at his stuff that often. Right. So, you should check it out. And listeners, check it out what, how he's embracing LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn. What am I saying? Instagram with his Instagram updates. And he's got videos and then he's got the carousels. When you see how he's doing it, it's like, oh, this is so obvious. Anyway, we should do this for HubShots. It's exactly. going to be so. It's, anyway, take a look at Seth Godin. And I just think it's interesting. I mean, it's not that it hasn't been done before. I know there's um, some cartoonists and things like that do the, the carousel panel quite well. But he's taken it from the um, first time I've kind of seen it um, done well like that. And, of course, HubSpot's doing that kind of thing as well. But, yeah, take inspiration from that. And also have a look. He ran an Instagram Live and Facebook Live event. I think the one thing we can learn out of this is that look at what he's doing and see what can be applicable to your business and test and measure, like we always say. All right, Craig, on to our app integration of the week. All right. So when we say app integration, we're also going to go, uh-oh, quarantining item. So explain the setup to this. All right. So I came across this app probably a couple of months ago from HubSpot Support when I was talking about... I think I was trying to do some list cleaning and they said, oh, you should check this out. It's called Never Bounce. It integrates with HubSpot now. And this is because a customer gave me a list this week of resellers that they sell stuff to. I don't think they've actually communicated with them recently, I guess, because they're constantly selling them stuff or they're buying stuff, you know, accounts are billing them, emailing them. And so they thought, okay, we've got these specials on. Can we email them? Sure thing. Anyway. What do you know? There's about 400 on that list. The first 50 send out and there's a bounce rate of over 15%. Everything gets quarantined, right? So this entire list. So I'm thinking to myself, well, this is not very good. You know, I get emails flown everywhere. My account manager's notified at HubSpot. Like it's just alarm bells are ringing. Anyway, so I thought, okay, let's take a step back. Let me go and clean these lists. So I used Never Bounce. So I actually initially just loaded the list. I think they run a free verification. So I think one list uh, came up at about 13%. I thought, okay, well, that's okay. I can get that clean. Another one came up at 20, right? And this is the one that I can't remember. This is the one I loaded. One of them too. Anyway, so I thought, okay, I'm going to clean these. So I paid, I got them cleaned and then I pushed the data back into HubSpot because there is, once once it gets the list, you can clean it and then you can say, oh, export, import it back into HubSpot, which it does. And then I was like, okay, now what do I do? Anyway, I still don't get over this quarantining problem, right? Because now I've got to explain to support where I got the list from, how I communicated with them. You, you are feeling the pain. I am you are really feeling, feeling the feeling HubSpot the pain. quarantine pain. That's they right. It's like I'm in jail. <laughs> you are in jail. <laughs> so anyways, uh, I was talking to HubSpot support. And so just trying to understand this whole process. So If I had done this process before I sent the email, there probably wouldn't have been a problem. But because I attempted to send the email not understanding how clean this list was, I ran into this problem. So here's lesson number one. Make sure you ask the right questions and make sure you actually do a check and clean your list and use a service. So there are many services out there, but Neverbounce is one of them. Hooks in with HubSpot. The second thing is... When you're cleaning these lists and they're coming from HubSpot, you'll probably log in and you go, how do I tell that the data's actually gone back? And I had no idea and I've talked to HubSpot support and they're probably on the way to telling me. But here it is. 
what it says in their support documentation is that they will attempt to create a HubSpot property named Neverbounce Validation Result, right? To store the Neverbounce Validation Result of valid, invalid, disposable, catch-all, and unknown. And I could not find that. So, it's a little gotcha in a sense because it's hidden somewhere, which you won't necessarily know. I actually thought it might have gone into another separate list that was created saying that these were cleaned and these were not cleaned. Anyway, that's where it is. And I'll put a link to the support article. And for my um, trouble, I've had to respond to HubSpot support, answering those questions to get out of jail. Yes. Well, a few comments on this. Well, first of all, if you're ever wondering how an integration pushes back results, it's there's a fair chance that if you go and look in custom properties on the contact, you'll find something named related to the product. Uh, so that's the first place to look in case you're wondering, you know, how do I find something pushed back to a contact in HubSpot? But the second is uh, the quarantining. Like, is this actually fair? And do you remember a few episodes ago, we were talking about, you know, HubSpot released their up to a thousand email sends and free and all that kind of thing. And we were like, oh man, this is going to get spammed to death, you know, spam is playground. Well, here's the thing. One, when you do send out a broadcast, they only send a subset first to check the quality of it. So that's a good sign. So it's not like, oh yeah, we're going to load up 10,000 spam things and just hammer it out. No, they're going to send out 50 or so and test and then quarantine you if, you, if you're against it. I reckon they've tightened up their rules uh, significantly. I'd like to know whether it's true or it's just my kind of deduction deduction on it, but they've tightened up their rules and they're not going to let any people go in and just start even, and you're kind of collateral damage in a way. I wouldn't say you're 100% clean because it's no. an older list, right? And the client has said, yes. oh, we want to send it to them. We do have permission, but it's a bit older. But it's caught you out. And you've said, right, well, half of them churn. We're going to catch that and flag it. So I actually think it's good. Possibly the get out of jail process is a little bit onerous. Although, again, you've got to put these hurdles in place. Otherwise, HubSpot will just become known as, oh, yep, spammers paradise. So I actually think it's a good thing on balance. Yes. Yeah, so I want to say thank you to Kirshen from HubSpot Support for helping us out. Thanks, buddy. All right, Craig, on to our resource of the week. And this is a, there's a link to a data box about the 44 most Destructive SEO myths according to 120 SEOs. Yeah, that sounds is, like a real mouthful. Well, that's actually quite a good article. They go through all the SEO myths that kind of get trotted out. So good reading. I only quibbled with one of them. I've got a which was well, one of them said this myth that between subdomain versus subfolder, and they were saying uh, no, you definitely should use a subfolder. I was like, ah, oh, no, I don't think that's actually a problem. And well, as evidence. Exhibit A, I'll give blog. you the HubSpot.com. Blog.HubSpot.com, yeah, that's right. And you've actually got something on your site about SEO myths as well. Well, that's a that's my blog post where I talk about the Databox blog post and I highlight my quibble with it, yeah. Fantastic. Now, on to our quote of the week, Craig. And I thought this was very aptly put from Sir Johnny Ivey. It says, different and new is relatively easy. Doing something that's genuinely better... Is very hard. Good quote. Just check it. You said Johnny Ivy. Is it Ivy or Johnny Ive? Oh, I'm, I'm even. I'm not sure about because I've heard it said both ways. Yes, I thought it was Ive. Do you think it's Ivy? I don't know. We should find a video of him know. talking. Oh, about look, I've got him on speed dial. I'll just call him now. <laughs> no. All right, listeners. We've got a couple of bonus links in the week about doing simple SEO audits, and also we would love if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And hit us up on Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. We love getting emails from people. Now, somebody did email us, Craig. 
Oh, yeah. You're talking about Chad. Yes. Thanks, Chad. It was great. Uh, we loved your email. Thank you for that. All right, everybody. I hope you have a great week. And Craig, until next week. Catch you later, Ian. Hey there. Thanks for listening to this episode of Hubshots. For show notes and the latest HubSpot news and tips, please visit us at hubshots.com.